Good morning, everyone. It's so lovely to be able to uh, join together this morning and open God's word together. And as we begin, I want to say thank you so much for your kindness and the warmth of your welcome uh, for me over the last couple of months as I've begun this new role. Um, it's just such a privilege, such an honour um, to be able to serve you and, uh, and to journey through this life together. Um, we pray for you every day and uh, we pray that we would just be open to what God's wanting to do and that we would just care and support and love one another. We're going to look this morning uh, in the book of Philippians, continuing to look through Philippians. We're in chapter 2 and uh, we're looking at verse 12 to 18. Just before we read that, I want to, to tell you a story. Maybe you can find that in your Bibles, as I do. This week, something, um, something really unpleasant happened to me. Um, it all began while I was uh, in the bathroom brushing my teeth. And I looked over to the corner of the room and there was something there that had been there for a long time, but I hadn't seen for ages. And as I, I took a closer look at it, and then I stood on it, and that's where the problems began. I'm sure you've guessed what it was already. It was a weighing scale. Now that weighing scale had been there for some time, but when I saw it, I, I foolishly, foolishly decided to weigh myself. And I was really quite upset and disturbed by what I found out. I'll spare you the details, but, uh, but safe to say um, that lockdown hasn't been kind in some respects um, for, for whatever reason. And, uh, and so um, something needs to change in order for me to lose a little bit of weight. While I was at Cape and Ray, um, often the students in the afternoons would go to the weights room and in order to, to perhaps lose a bit of weight or just to be active, they would go for a workout. And they would call these things their, their, their workout time. And I always admired that and respected that, um, that physical exercise, that determination, uh, that commitment. But, uh, but I never took part in it. I, uh, I like being active, I like work, but, but a workout in that gym setting never really appealed to me. What we're going to be looking at this morning is a glorious workout. It's something so wonderful, so amazing and such a delight as the God of the universe does work in our lives but joins, uh, asks us to join him in it. If you found the place in your Bibles, let's read together. I'm going to be reading Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 to 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you'll shine like stars 
in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour in vain. But even if I'm been poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. There's uh, so much in those verses. We're really going to just focus on those first two verses that we look at together. And what I want us to do is to look at two things. Firstly, to look at the, the principle that Paul sets out for us. And then secondly, to look at the practice. So the principle to begin with, and then how does that work out? What does that look like in practice? The principle, I think, is this, that we are to work out what God works in. Let's look at that for a few moments. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, this wonderful, probably not particularly big church, diverse church. And he's writing under house arrest. Yet his, his writing is so full of joy. He talks about joy and rejoicing. Yet he acknowledges suffering and hardship as well and recognises that, that that has a place in his experience. And as he's writing to the church, this is what he says. He says, verse 13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. Let's pause there for a moment. Let's just think of the wonder of what Paul has just said. For those who have turned away from sin, those who have turned to the Lord Jesus, who've asked him to come into their life to forgive their sin and are walking with him, God is working in their hearts. The God of the universe, the God who put the stars in the sky, the God who stands outside time, the one who will judge all nations and all peoples. He comes into the life of the individual and into the life of the community of believers. And he does a work. Paul, he is talking to the church, but the principle, I think, can be taken individually as well. God is at work in individuals. He's doing a work in our hearts. That is an incredible truth, an incredible reminder this morning. Jesus comes to live and to work in our lives, to, to do what he purposes, to do what he wants. I think it was Mark Twain who is, is kind of quoted as saying, few things are harder to put up with than the annoyance of a good example. Few things are harder to put up with than the annoyance of a good example. In other words, when we have a good example, we, we always are reminded that we fall short. We know what we could do or what we should do, but we always fall short. We can never quite reach that. And the wonder of following Jesus is that he didn't just step into the creation, didn't just step into the world he'd made. He didn't just live a perfect life. He didn't just die in our place on the cross. He didn't just rise again victorious over sin and hell and death. But he comes to live within us by his spirit. 
this is truly wonderful. We've not just got an example to follow, but, but he is going to come and live within us and live through us. And yet wonderfully, as we see in verse 12, God invites us to be a part of what he's doing. This is, is truly incredible. Verse 12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. God, who is doing a work in our hearts, doing something wonderful in our hearts, invites us to somehow, miraculously, mysteriously, to be a part of that. We can work out what God is working in. You see, as God comes to live within our lives, we don't become a, a robot that the Lord is just controlling. <coughs> Excuse me. He's not just um, pulling the strings and we're a puppet. But there's a vibrant, wonderful connection where God himself, lives within us and takes us on this journey of ever-increasing fellowship and community and, and connection. And he is doing the work, but he asks us to join him in it, to help work out what he is working in. And what does that look like? Well, verse 12, continue to be obedient. It's, bring, it's about obedience. What we bring to the table is not our gifts, not our personality, not all of our credentials, merely our availability and our obedience. God is doing a miracle in our hearts. He's doing what only God can do is in, in our lives. He's taking, he's taking what is hard and he's making it soft. He's taking our hate and turning it to love taking our frustration and irritation and turning it to compassion, taking our selfishness and our self-centeredness and turning it into selflessness. Only God can do that. That is a miracle. But he asks us to bring our availability and our obedience to allow what he is working in our lives to be expressed, to be worked out. All of us, I presume, have homes with electricity and uh, we enjoy the benefits of electricity. It powers our lights, it charges our phones and lots and lots of other things. And we know that electricity is, is um, the energy, the power in electricity can be so useful, so helpful. But we also know that electricity is powerful and we don't mess around with it. We know that uh, if you, you mess around with electricity, you can be in big trouble. And while no illustration is perfect, that might help us understand what Paul is saying here in verse 12. Where he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. As we bring that availability and that obedience, we bring that because we know we do that in reverence because we know that God, who's doing a miracle in our lives, 
and, and he is he's powerful and he's good and he's righteous and he's holy, but he's Lord as well. And there's a sense of reverence, a sense of awe as we, as we partner with what God's doing in our lives. In a sense, we're like this light bulb. God is the electricity. Now, he's much more than just a power because he's the most personal of persons. But for sake of the illustration, he's the electricity. And, and what he asks of us, the light bulb, is to bring our availability and our obedience. In other words, that we'll place ourselves where he wants us and be available to be used. And then it is his work within us which will shine out, which will radiate out. Electricity is powerful. A light bulb is not, is, is flimsy. But together they can display a light which brings hope and warmth and community and blessing. And Paul is saying that to us. In fact, for it is God who works in you, in verse 13, that, that term works in you, um, that word there in Greek that we've translated works is the same word that we get our word energy from. It's God's energy within us which is doing this work. We are to work out what God has worked in. That's the, the principle so how does it look in practice? What does that look like for us in practice? Well, let's read, let's read on. First, let's just remind ourselves of verse 12. Therefore, dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So to begin with, how this is going to look for us to, to work out what God has put in, it's going to look like obedience. It's going to look like obeying what God asks. Obedience is not always an easy word for us to consider. But it's important. It's, it's about reading God's word. Not just so that we know, not just so that we have knowledge, but asking God in, in humility and with simplicity to say, Lord, help me not just to hear this, but to do it. And I can't do it by myself, but because you're working within me, what is impossible becomes possible. It's about obedience. Verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you'll shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. What does it look like every day to work out what God has worked in? It looks like do everything without grumbling or arguing. It's about choosing in the everyday situations, in the everyday small decisions that we make. It's about choosing obedience. It's about not complaining, not grumbling. 
when we grumble, we are presuming that somebody else has got things better than we have. And that upsets us. So we grumble. Or we complain or we argue. And it's in choosing not to do those things. It's in those uh, small everyday decisions that God's miraculous work in our hearts begins to be expressed. It's incredible, isn't it? It's as we choose. It's as we, as we choose not to take a second look. Our eye catches something. And it's as we choose not to look to take that second look. It's as we choose to give up what is controlling um, our mind or what is taking over uh, uh, the space in our minds or, or our use of time which is not right or appropriate. It's about choosing to turn the other cheek. Maybe sometimes we are, we're wronged and we just have to let it go. It's in choosing these things each day that we allow what God has worked in to be expressed out. The miracle that God's doing to find expression. Verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. It's a beautiful picture that Paul uses that we might shine like stars. That the electricity that runs through might shine through the light bulb. Stars is a, is a great picture because stars... Um, pointers to the vastness and the bigness of what God has created. They're like signposts to God. Stars tell us that we are just a small earth in a, in a small galaxy. And the stars are light years away. They ex expand our horizons and remind us of just how vast the creation is. And they point us to God. Secondly, stars, as Paul is writing here, stars would have been um, known as essential for safe navigation. Um, I suspect that wouldn't work so well around here because of uh, a lot of cloudy nights. But, uh, but knowing the stars and the pattern of the stars and the position of the stars, um, sailors and travellers would be able to, to map the night sky and travel safely in the dark. And Paul uses this picture to say, as you shine like stars, you will enable other people to travel safely in the dark. That, that the light that, that the Lord has in us that has been um, shining out through us will be a blessing to others and will help them navigate their way home. In other words, will help them find God himself. It's an incredible picture that God, that, uh, that God uses uh, in his word for us. God works in and with our availability and our obedience, we work out the miracle of what God is doing within. 
this week whether you are going for a glorious workout physically or not. Let us, um, let us recognise that the God of the universe is at work in the heart and life of those who are born again. Let's delight in that, let's thank him for that and let's bring our obedience and availability so that this glorious, mysterious, wonderful partnership may bear fruit for our lives and the lives of those around us. And if you are watching this and you, you haven't given your life to the Lord Jesus, but that you would you recognise that that's something you want to do, then you can do that even today by just kneeling um, the side of your bed or wherever you are, just um, closing your eyes and praying to the Lord recognising that you've gone your own way just as all of us have but that Jesus the ultimate rescuer and saviour has died on the cross to pay the price for our sin and he's risen again and we thank him for that and that we choose to follow him folks I hope that you have um, a lovely week and, uh, and may you be blessed as the God of the universe meets you, walks with you and works in you. Amen.